Joining me on the line right now is the member for Breitling and also the opposition whip, Joshua Burgoyne. Good morning to you, Josh. Good morning to you, Katie. Good morning to your listeners. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Um, Josh, obviously we've just uh, finished an interview with the Health Minister, Natasha Files. I'm not sure whether you heard much of that, but um, there is no doubt at this point in time that there are some serious concerns when it comes to our health system. And uh, and a lot of people have been in contact with us over the last week or two about some of those concerns. Um, Josh, is this something that's being raised with the opposition out in the community right now? It certainly is, Katie. I mean, we, we know that there have been three code yellows. Basically, you know, in this last 12 months alone, it's, it's just, it's getting to the point now where people are thinking, well, if we do have, and, and we don't want there to be a COVID outbreak, how are we going to deal when we already have critical bed shortages in Royal Darwin Hospital now? And this is something that, you know, we need to get sorted. That story that you spoke about earlier, about, you know, someone that was unwell being turned away, these are terrible stories that we're hearing about and, and we do not want this to continue to happen. So it's so important that we put pressure on the government. You know, right, right before last year's election, they splashed, you know, 300 or however many millions of dollars on the home improvement scheme. This is our health system we're talking about. We need to make sure that, um, you know, the absolute best people are there and I'm sure the best people are there, but we need to make sure that we have plenty of health professionals that are here in the Northern Territory and plenty of beds to be able to put sick people in. Well, and this is uh, this is the thing at this point, you know, we're being told that uh, that obviously those mental health beds, we, we need more of those, uh, but also when you talk about uh, the beds for aged care and for dementia, now I know that, uh, that the Health Minister on the show on Friday during the week that was revealed that there is provisional funding for an additional 60 beds, 60 aged care beds, but she has just confirmed with us on the show that the reality is they're a couple of years away. Yeah, and, and this is, you know, down in Alice Springs where I'm from, we have basically old timers facility that now cannot take people in because they they have actually been unable to pass um, some of their latest checks and balances. So now when we have old people that basically need to go into care in Alice Springs, they won't be able to go to the old timers facility. So, it, it, you know, some of those people will end up in hospital. And, and this is, you know, the, the crisis that we have at the moment. There's things happening all over the place. We need to make sure that we get these under control because obviously, you know, if there are outbreaks, if, if the worst should happen, which, again, we certainly do not want that to happen, we need to know that we have a health system that is up up for the task. Josh, what do you reckon needs to be happening here? I mean, on uh, Thursday last week, we had uh, David Littleproud on the show, uh, obviously uh, a member of the federal government, and he said that, you know, the reality is that uh, that the territory government needs to be focusing and, and spending their money more wisely when it comes to health. But, um, but you know, we actually know that, that when you talk about aged care beds, they are funded by the federal government. Yeah, certainly. Look, and this is this tit for tat that we quite often get to. I, I did hear the president of the AMA has said that we need 100 extra beds. We're hearing about things happening out at Palmerston Hospital, where basically, you know, we're having services moved from that to Royal Darwin Hospital. The key here is is being able to get and try to entice health professionals into the Territory so that we can make sure that we can staff all of our hospitals adequately. And I think what's happening at the moment is that, unfortunately, we're under the pump. We know that the Centre for National Resilience has taken people away from our health system. Uh, I, I'm sure that I've heard um, yeah, people on your Kat show. Yeah, Pat Hatcher said that on the show. State as much. 
Yep. Exactly right. So we now have this instance where, you know, unfortunately we are understaffed in some very vital areas and we need to make sure we're doing everything we can. This is such an important area to entice people from down south, come up to the Territory, work here, become a health professional because, you know, th- this is what we need. We need to make sure that we have adequate staffing and that the beds that are acquired are there for people in our in our communities. Josh, is that uh, this is obviously an area that the opposition is going to be focusing on today in Parliament? Yeah, look, certainly this and crime. I, I literally just got off the phone, and this kind of does hark back to what you're talking about when you talk about hospital beds. Um, someone rang me up this morning who said that um, their you know family was involved in what can only be described as, you know, an offence over the weekend where they were out at night, they were assaulted by by other people, they went to hospital and they've now been basically um, told that they were fine to leave hospital. That person is still very unwell and I'm I'm in the process of now having to find out exactly what's going on in regards to that incident where we've had someone that sounds like they've been king hit out on Saturday Saturday night. They've gone to hospital, they've been told, oh, you're fine to go home and now that person's in a in a state. So I'm literally right before I got on here with you, um, was talking to, to that person's relative. So this is so important. You know, crime is another huge thing, huge thing that, um, you know, when I'm in Alice Springs, it's something that people raise with me all the time. And it's, it's, again, another thing, along with the health crisis, that we're going to be talking about this week in Parliament. Yeah, I think that they are both issues that really do need to be focused on. I mean, even this morning, the Territory Police have said that they're calling for witnesses to an assault in which two men in Alice Springs were left with serious injuries. Apparently happened on Saturday night. Two men aged 45 and 47 years old were travelling inbound on Gap Road uh, near the 24-hour store there, uh, where it's alleged there was a near miss with another vehicle. A black Holden Commodore and a verbal altercation commenced between those drivers. Now, the driver of the Commodore uh, conducted a U-turn and it's alleged that he armed himself with a large, blunt metal object and then engaged the occupants of the Navara, assaulting both of them and smashing the front passenger window of the vehicle uh, before fleeing the scene on foot. I mean, that is horrifying stuff in Alice Springs. It certainly is. And, and this is what's, you know, just shocking. It's hard to keep up with all the incidents that are occurring on a daily basis in our town. And it's so... I I went in to speak to a business owner the other day who had had a car plough into the front of his business. I'd only just received um, offence statistics that showed that on his street, crime has doubled in the last year. And he literally has a car plough through his front business. It's going to cost him or the insurance $20,000 now to get that fixed. And and, and the poor bloke, when you go in and speak to him, you know, he, he goes, I think he's on his third insurer. Um, this is something that businesses are having to deal with, let alone individuals that go out at night and are now being attacked. It's, It's shocking to see that this is becoming, you know, all too common occurrence in our community and we really need to see a change of tactics from this government when it comes to keeping those safe in our community. I mean, how do you reckon we get there, though, Josh? Because it seems at the moment that, um, that, you know, it it needs to almost be a bipartisan approach when you talk about some of these major issues that we've got in the Northern Territory right now where we've got to sort of, you know, forget our political lines to some degree and and just try and work together as Territorians to make an impact and, and make some change. And I tell you what, Katie, that's where I'm at. I'm not even asking for airy-fairy stuff. I'm just asking for the government to do what they promised they'd do in June of last year. They brought out a flashy press release saying there'd be clear and immediate consequences for repeat offenders where they would be cleaning graffiti, clearing weeds and landscaping. We're still yet to see that. I mean, imagine 
going down the street and seeing someone that had been involved in a crime basically having to pay back their debt to society. I think that would go a long way to showing people that this government is serious about crime. But until we actually see them do what they're promised, they've actually said they do in the past. They haven't even done that. Let's get to that point. So we're not asking you to change the world. We're just asking you to do what you said you would do on the 20th of June last year, right before the election, funnily enough. And we're still, you know, months, a year, a year on from that. We haven't seen it. And unfortunately, crime is still a huge, you know, something that we're dealing with on a daily basis right across the Territory. Josh, just very quickly before I let you go, obviously yesterday we learned that we have got another positive case. Uh, We've got that positive case, a traveller, a Northern Territorian coming back uh, to Darwin, obviously uh, from Newcastle, who's tested positive to COVID-19. We know that uh, those 24 close contacts have now all been contacted. The government is uh, also in contact with the uh, other, I think it was about 100, um, who were also uh, casual contacts and they're working through all of those to make sure that there's been no community transmission. Um, Do you feel as though the Territory Government's managed this one a little bit better given the fact that we're not all in lockdown? Well, yeah, it was a real feeling of deja vu for the um, opposition. We We were in wing meeting yesterday, which is exactly where we were in in the August sittings when we found out that, um, you know, we were going to be going into lockdown then. And I think it's so important when we're in a global pandemic, it's crucial that the government communicates clearly and consistently with Territorians. That's so important. And I think yesterday, as you pointed out, NT Health were kind of saying one thing about when he arrived and all these. It's just so crucial that we hear from the CHO in these instances. You know, we, we roll out the chief health officer, he gives one clear, precise thing of exactly what's happening, and we make sure that everyone, all the information in regards to that is very accurate because obviously yesterday, um, you're right, you know, the, the rumour mill was running a bit wild earlier and we didn't really know what was happening. It was good that the health minister did come out and say, we're not going to go into lockdown. Um, but yeah, there were still a few questions and I heard you speaking this morning just mm. clarifying a few of those things because it's so important that everyone feels like the, the information that's being put out there is very clear and precise. Yeah. Hey, just finally, uh, what do you think about, you know, this discussion about those, uh, well, the vaccine technology or the, the different technology that we're going to need to be able to use, you know, to enter different locations and businesses? I guess it's a bit of a passport. What do you reckon about that? Yeah, I heard the Chief Minister this morning on ABC Radio. He was asked, oh, well, what happens if you take a screenshot of, of someone that's, you know, been given mm-hmm. the, the all clear and basically show that every time you walk into a thing? And I don't think it's quite been thought through, you know, and that's why people have so many questions. He, he kind of didn't have a really good answer for that. So it's it's so important going forward. You know, obviously go out there, get vaccinated. That, that's got to be the clear message for everyone. That's how we, how we get out of this and we can go and see our families at Christmas time. But we do need to make sure that the plan going forward, again, we're, the opposition of, of sort of briefing, just so we can be brought up to speed on everything that's happening. This is changing, you know, by the hour, if not by the, you know, the day. And we, we all feel like, you know, there's a lot of information out there and we want to make sure that when we speak to people in the community, we're giving them clear and precise um, information about what's occurring. So, Well, Josh Burgoyne, we always appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having a chat with us this morning. Thank you for having me on, Kate.